Good morning, Internet. Welcome back to the highway with Kyle Shut. I am Kyle Shut, and I have got a treat for y'all this week. We've got one of my heroes, Mr. Dave Windorf from Monster Magnet on the show. That's right. It doesn't get much better than that. We had such a great conversation. We talked about, got everything uh, from the birth of FM radio to the death of FM radio. <laughs> We talked about their upcoming covers album, talked about fan involvement, and even smoking on that weed. He is such a sincere gentleman and made me feel like a million bucks, so I was really excited about this month's episode. If you like what you've been hearing lately, you can find us on patreon.com slash the highway. Help us out a little bit, get yourself a shout out. Let's see, who do we got to shout out this week? We got to give it a shout out to Ben Shut. Another shut out there? I don't know this guy. Hey, Ben, if you're out there, holler at me. Let's, uh, let's be friends. There's not that many shuts. Uh, we also got to thank Ryan Case, my homie Tim Fay, and Ken Hughes, of course. And we got to give a wicked six-pack shout-out to Rose Graham. She put some beer in my fridge. She also puts a smile on my face. Thanks, beautiful. We've also got to give some mad love to our sponsors, Heil Sound. If you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me. If you can't sign up for our Patreon, I completely understand. I just sincerely appreciate y'all listening. And if you could give us a like or a follow or a subscribe or whatever the hell else kind of button they put on the app of your choice, it really helps us out. Now it's time to do this show. Because there is no tryway. There's only my way. The Highway. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. How the hell are you? I've been uh, I've been better. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I don't get it. All right, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. How, how's the uh, How's the shit show treating you? But you know, uh, you're uh, you're you're totally pro, dude. <laughs> I listen I listen to the podcast. You got the gift of gab. Hey, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, um, you know, you know, some people can and some people can't. You know, and there's a lot of people who can't now. And I, I was like, I was like, I wonder if he's just going to be like stoned out of his mind and fuck it up. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know you, but you know. Yeah, the the, the show is called The Highway, but uh, ironically, I do ha- find myself having to um, abstain during most of the interviews just because, um, you know, I'd like to, I like for the guests to shine and I, I don't like, I don't like to um, just, you know, be a bumbling idiot uh, or more so than I no, am. No, it's, it's, it's real. It's totally pro, dude. You got a future that. in this. You got a future in this business. <laughs> well, uh, Dave Windorf from Monster Magnet, everybody, one of my favorite bands. Um, uh, seriously, I have smoked so much weed to your records. It's ridiculous. And um, I don't think I've seen y'all since, I think, uh, 2015 might have been the last time. You were out with Royal Thunder, who's another fantastic band. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Nice guys. Really, really great band. Uh, we took them on quite a few tour dates as well. But, um, yeah, so... What's shaking? I know you've got a covers album in the works and uh, and stuff like that. I've always really enjoyed uh, the Monster Magnet covers, so I'm really excited to see what you uh, bring to the table this time. Yeah, this one's uh, uh, it was the right time to do it too. You know, I mean, as you know, like putting out putting out an all originals record when you can't tour it is just like throwing your tours away. It is, and know? the songs, you know, and and stuff. Like throwing this, it's, it's everything. It's like throwing a pebble into a waterfall, and the thing just disappears. So, <laughs> like, what do you? Like, what do you do? 
and uh, you know, I know, I know, like a lot of guys were doing uh, online shows and stuff like that, but I just couldn't bring myself to do that. Me either, you know. So, um, good on you for doing that. No, no offense to anyone doing it, but it's yeah. just it's not the same, you know. It's it, dude, it, it's like it's it's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's like um, I'm trying to, uh, it's like the that game Duck Hunter, like that arcade game. It's like you take everything cool about <laughs> hunting, like holding a gun, being out in the woods, breathing the fresh air, and you just dump it down into a little yeah rinky dink plastic box that you just hit a button. Yeah. It's like the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's so tough. I mean, live is live. Mm-hmm. You can't mimic live. No, you can't. No, 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 no matter how hard you try. It's not the same experience, you know, even from an audio standpoint, like, and that's what gets me most of, I don't even like live albums. I, I don't even like, because, because it just doesn't get what you get. When you stand in front of a band, mm-hmm. your ears compress, Yep. the volume compresses your ears. You get what that band is trying to do. As soon as you start messing with that, uh, th- that computation there, um, you're, you're playing with the original experience. Yeah. And, uh, and I count on the original experience to to carry off what I want to say. Everything else makes me nervous. <laughs> like, oh, it's not gonna come off. You know? Also, like being on camera too, like adds a whole different aspect to it because it's one thing to perform in front of people and stuff, but even even when you play like big festivals, when they have like the jumbotron cameras in front of you, it's still it, it, it's horrible. It, it puts you in a different mind space, you know, and it, it makes it harder to get lost in. in Dude, I wind up looking at myself. I wind up looking at myself on the jumbo. You know, trying to get the Elvis move. You know, it's like yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, even th- that's another reason why I just like doing the podcast uh, as audio only is because like the video aspect of it too. I don't like being on camera. I don't like seeing myself and stuff like that. I'm sure I'm gonna have to get over that at some point. But um, it's it's uh, it's just weird. It's weird. Not necessarily. Plus, plus we're not getting any prettier. You know, uh, day by day. So. Oh man, you should see me right now. I look like Jonah Hex. You know? I like like I look like Jonah X after he got the like the the brand the curse the curse of the brand of the demon. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. Um, the whole rock thing. The the I think the reason it worked originally, the original rock that most people have knowingly or unknowingly played off of all, all the time was that it was a limited amount of viewing of the people. It was a couple yes. of photographs on a record and then you go see them live and maybe you see them on TV at some while, but it was never overexposed. That uh-huh. was not allowed. Now we live in an age where everything is, is hyperexposed and uh, it's like, it's sucking all the mystery out of it. Yeah. I totally agree, and that was a yeah. that was a huge part of the sword early in the day. JD was very um, uh, against being filmed all the time, like filming this and that, just like kind of keeping it as shrouded in mystery as possible. And even back then, it was kind of difficult. But these days, it's just um, it's expected of you. You know, your fans want if they like you, they want as much of you as possible. You know, around every I, corner. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's like it's weird the uh, expectations of a new normal. Uh-huh. Um, as far as live goes, I don't know if the people are going to hate me for this, but I don't know if they should be appeased. I, I don't know if fans should be appeased. I don't, you know, and this may be an unpopular opinion too, but it's kind of goes back to like, you know, 
some of you people, <laughs> you don't deserve entertainment. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some of you do. Well, you said some of you. you said it, Kyle. I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, as far as being an artist, like I, I, I feel like the number one enemy of the artist is just people's expectations. You know, like we're not really allowed to be free artists anymore. I mean, you can be, I, I guess, but it's um, yeah. People just they're 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 needy. May we're really going there, aren't we? Oh my God. They, they are. <laughs> and you know, it's important. I always have to like, I know, I know. But you know, somebody should talk about this because nobody talked about this when it was hap- when it was happening. Yeah. And I complained about it the whole time for the last 10 years, ever since broadband hit for, when broadband hit like what, 25 years ago. But when it got more and more into the normal, when you start seeing people show up with stacks and stacks of stuff to get autographed, yeah. And you see people start to sell autograph sessions backstage at a rock show. You know, this fucking thing has jumped the shark. Uh-huh. This right. is not cool. This was never cool. When I was a kid, now I'm older. It would be the most uncool thing in the world to like, what? You're going to what? You're going to pay money and go back and the rock star is going to pretend to be your friend? This is horse shit. <laughs> it's whore. Horse shit with a capital whore. It's like, this is ridiculous. Um, you know what you do? Do what I do. You go out and you surprise people when they're not looking. You grab them, you hug them, you kiss them, you sign everything, and then you disappear. I, I you know really like fan involvement, and I, I'm right there with you with that. Um, that. That means so much more to people when you, yeah, when you just go surprise them like that. Yeah. Just show up or, or bring them on a bus and have a party. Uh-huh. Like, Monster Magnet had an open door policy for years. It was just a giant party mm-hmm. every night, every single night. Just come on in. There's no charge. You know, like have a beer, like do that. And whoever was <clears throat> bold enough or so inclined to come and do it, they they did it. And the people that didn't want to do it didn't. So we wound up hanging with the people we wanted to. And and we and I wasn't in some part of some weird modern assumption that all rock people and entertainers owe some sort of vaudevillian autograph photo shoot yeah because that's what it reminds me of it doesn't remind me of rock now it reminds me of vaudeville and guess what happened to vaudeville? and guess what happened to vaudeville <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you don't look what happened to movies yeah. Why do movies? Why do movies suck so much? Why do Marvel movies suck so fucking much? They got no teeth, no balls, nothing except for a lot of money and a lot of really, really picky fans getting every point checked off their list because of algorithmic um, study on what they want. Yeah, you know what? So with no surprises. Yeah, totally. And you know what? What one thing that's crazy that I saw was that there's um, people out there like that work with Marvel that are yeah. scouring Twitter and seeing what the fans want, or seeing if they're guessing like whatever plot twist is going to come up in the in the series. And yeah. then they're they're actually filming multiple endings so they can choose as they edit which ones that they think yes. the fans want to see or shit like that. That just blows my mind. Like they're not even creating art anymore. It's it's literally just churning out stuff to appease people just to make as much money as possible before the bottom falls out. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, and you can see it too. And so what happens is you don't get many surprises and like, that's what you want. That's what I always wanted when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Surprise me. Yeah. 
know, they so. just don't make them like they used to. I hate saying that, but it's true. I mean, like I, I'm obviously, nah. uh, you know, from a different generation, but I still grew up when, you know, uh, movies were, you know, filmed and there was like a, a an element of art to, um, to, to making that film. And now just anybody with a digital camera and a shitload of money can animate whatever they want. You know, it's, uh, but you know what, man, I mean, when we, you know, you say that, and I'm, I'm totally with you. And, you know, and I was there when you were watching your movies when you were a kid. Okay. I wasn't, I was a grown up, but to, between you and me, I really haven't advanced much more than like 30 years old. Um, <laughs> called it arrested development. That's what but, happens, uh, yeah. in, my, in my brain anyway, in my face, that's like, how. yeah, but they, um, with the technology we have today and all the great stuff so everybody can make anything you would think just on the basis of all that creativity and all those people that it would be the greatest time ever mm-hmm. why isn't it the greatest time ever i it's 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 something i think why? about a lot and like it it's more profitable i think for you know a company to instead of investing in a, in a new intellectual property you know just to rehash an old one because and i this is another reason i think it is is cuz honestly like this world kind of sucks <laughs> and people Bingo. people <laughs> want to go back to that time when they felt magical and like you know like that that sense of wonder you have when you're a kid and stuff like that and that all hmm. is kind of centered around you know whatever he-man thundercats uh, Ghostbusters, things like that. So that's yeah. why those things are getting rehashed over and over and over again. And uh, it's happening a lot faster than it used to. I feel like I feel like how many times have they redone Spider Man? You know, it's it's just ridiculous. <sighs> where I'm just like, just make. Can you not make up a new character that's bad? Yeah, at, or, or just you know how many fucking amazing comic books are out there that are you know, uh, that are probably already been optioned for film that nobody's doing anything with. You know, Dude, like, I mean, yeah, all that all that great stuff like the Authority, all that Warren oh, Ellis. God, I love the Authority. Stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine if they made a decent movie about that? But you know something? It's too heavy for them. I know. They won't do it. Yeah. A gay superhero? We can't film that. Yeah. Oh my yeah, you know, it's just like good lord. I mean, they will. They'll they'll film the gay superhero, but it'll be gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It won't be gay, it'll be gay, if you know what I mean. It won't be done realistically or right. meaning it, it'll be so politically correct. Uh-huh in a way that there won't be any surprises. Yeah. Did you um, read a uh, fear agent? I always thought that would make a fantastic movie. Fear agent was kick ass. No man. Rick Remender. Is what a great, a great writer. I know. God, I loved it. And it was so great for so long. Uh huh. You know, I mean, that was a long series. That was, was real good. Six and, um, books, something like, yeah. I mean, Tony Moore, he drew his ass off yeah, in that did. comic. And Jerome Opinia was, was drawing that as well. Mm-hmm. Two of my favorite, two of my favorite comic guys. Um, yeah, Fear Asia. Most of the Remender stuff would make good movies. Totally. I think. One of these. Well, and, and sometimes I, I think it's like I love the medium of comics. Like I've loved it since I was a kid. For for the reasons you love it as a kid, because it's kind of made for you. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you could tell that's that's somebody wrote this for like a fourteen year old boy. Like you know, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> But then over the years, as I got older, I started to appreciate the creators more and the fact that they could keep characters like this alive for so long. Uh-huh. It was more about the art and just about the fact that the storytelling ability in static images, which is really cool. You know, um, left to right eye movement, stop. Mm-hmm. You're the editor. You're the editor. You could stop. You could freeze frame with your eyes. And it's just like any other um, book. Like you're forced to use your imagination to fill in the gaps, you know, and it just, it, you exactly. almost feel like you walk away from it feeling like you watched a really awesome movie. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, 
and then you know and then they get to surprise you with the with a two-page spread or whatever and uh you're just like boy this is like this is really cool shit i loved it forever and i continue to love it mm-hmm. um uh, Marvel and DC is kind of funky these days. Not that hot. I think the tail's wagging the dog as far as <laughs> people, people are more impressed with the movies than they are with the comics Yeah, when it should be the other way around. <laughs> it's tough to keep up with the comics. I, I, I get it for your average person, just like on a weekly or monthly basis or whatever, you know, and especially this is something that I kind of, I sh- started shying away from the major publishers is because I, I would read Marvel comics, uh, you know, like the, the, the monthly series and then uh half the pages were anti-drug ads and i was just like i'm like literally this is what i'm paying for i'm paying for this shitty anti-drug ad when my favorite thing is <laughs> smoke weed and read comics you know it's just yeah yeah totally <laughs> so so i just buy the trades now <laughs> yeah me too I buy the trades no ads um and look online too and check out what i'm gonna like or what i'm gonna buy uh-huh. um there's places where you can check out whole comic books and stuff and yeah. see if i'm gonna like it or not because they're real expensive, but it's one of the last places where full on, um, um, you know, graphic, uh, graphic storytelling is alive. I mean, illustration isn't part of the commercial landscape anymore in America. Yeah. You know? So if you look back, you know, if you're a mutant like me, I go back to like mid mid 20th century and look at all the paperback book covers and all that stuff. That was like fantastic. I know. Because all this commercial illustration was all badass of science fiction covers. Um, so cool. So now, right now, the only place where that kind of stuff lives is in comics. So I'll always pay attention to it. And it's like, there's something about it too, where like if, if somebody really takes the time to craft like this really intense graphic scene or whatever like that, it's, it's almost perfect. Whereas if you watch it in a movie, you know, it's just kind of comes across as like torture porn or something like that. It's really not as appealing, but it can be so much more effective. I feel like, uh, in comics, they just have more freedom that way. I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, and it's something it's still, all right. It's not pencil on paper, but it's static. It's there. If somebody colored it, right. It almost has more depth, no matter how good the CGI is Right. on, on the thing. It's spectacular for a second, but it blows through my brain really quick and I keep going back to the comics and open it up to a cool two page spread. And so that's the shit. I mean, mm-hmm. look at that. It's like, that's the, the bar to reach for. And I think they try to do it in the movies, but you know, whatever. It's hard to do. Hey, didn't didn't you, you guys have um, the best covers. Thank album you. Album covers. We, we uh, definitely spent the time Dude. trying to, to, to make uh, a unique, looking album cover that just like jumps off the shelf. You know what I mean? That, 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 that wasn't just like some kind of trite, you know, Man, like, warp riders. That's fucking like warp riders. That's 1960s science fiction paperback shit right there. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you um, very much. And that, didn't you get J.R. Williams the third to do a cover? Uh, uh, yeah. J.H. Williams. Uh, he, uh, J.H. Williams. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Uh, he did apocryphon. Yeah. We noticed his work with, uh, I think it was Batwoman when he was doing hydrology yeah. and, uh, yeah, he just, yeah. he, he combines like, mixed media with watercolor with illustration with painting it's just like his uh i hate to call it collage because he makes it look like one thing but he's just an incredible artist i should get him on the he really is he can draw (laughs) you should he could draw anything too like as a natural artist that guy could just sit down he could bang out a standard comic page in a second really really good and he, he he's very good at um all right i don't he he does handwritten lyrics if you want him to for uh, any album package or whatever, and uh, he really takes the time to make really cool handcrafted 
lyrics like that. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm take your hint there. Call him no, up, man. Just call him. I will. He's the nicest guy. He loves Monster Magnet. I promise he? he'll make a record for you or he'll do a cover with you. <laughs> awesome. We got. I, I'm working with a guy now named Joe Tate, who did the cover for for this one. Um, uh, this record's called A Better Dystopia, and uh, did it like a black light poster. Nice. Because um, the whole record is it's a record of covers, but it's the most obscure covers most people have ever heard. I, I doubt if most people will know one of those songs maybe a hawkwind song yeah was it stuff that uh that inspired you when you were younger and that you wanted to kind of like bring like shine a little light on you know like for people that might not know about it yep that's um i'm like a record been a record mutant since i was you know 12 um i'm down records and you know what it's like when you're a kid you want the you want the heavy stuff you want the psychotic stuff that Uh nobody else heard yeah so i mean i was doing this stuff in like 1971 like I got something that's heavier than you, and <laughs> and I didn't have that many friends, but like my friends who record friends were like, where do you get this stuff? There was this weird time in rock back in the ancient days between sixties pop, um, which got kind of psychedelic. It kind of like all blew up in '68 when FM radio started. FM radio used to be freeform in its most in its in in the truest sense of the uh, truest definition of, of the words freeform I mean they get down there and there wasn't that much rock out yet so they would just play whole albums all day and all night with no commercial love it and so I'm a little kid and I would hear this stuff and they would play like the whole blue cheer album whole Jimi Hendrix whole this stuff and I was a tiny kid like what is this place? There's no ads or no nothing. And it just for years went on. By the time 69, 70 came along, um, they had been going for a couple of years and they had amassed a great collection of music that was created by bands for that format. Mm-hmm. And so this is completely different than pop music. This is, there's no ads on it, right? So these guys aren't making money off this. Right. So bands are getting together to, to make music for people who want to listen to crazy stuff just for that reason. It's almost like unthinkable today. That, you okay. know what I mean? That somebody would do something for any other reason about, well, how am I going to, how am I going to merchandise this? You know, how am I going to monetize it? But so it filled my head with all this weird stuff. So there's all these weird bands like post psychedelic early proto metal kind of a, a, a weird underground of rock right under the charts. The charts were like Neil Young and uh, James Taylor. It was all mm-hmm. soft rock. End of, end of the 60s, it was like a freak out. Yeah. People lost their minds. And under there was all this weird stuff. And it was the birth of hard rock too, Zeppelin Sabbath. And so that's what most of these songs are from, from that time period. But they're the ones that, you know, never made it at all. And uh, they sound good together. It sounds like a good record. That's yeah, awesome. It sounds like a good album. Yeah, not I mean, just, just like just putting y'all sound on that too is just going to sound great because I, I loved your Donovan cover that was on. Um, was that on Mastermind? What What was that one on the? Oh, the thanks, Three Kingfishers. Just such a rad yeah. cover. So if, if if it's anything like that, if you're going to breathe that sort of life into those songs, man, I, I'm really really excited to hear it. It's so much fun to mess with that stuff because I mean, this is a lot. I'm a lot more on uh, <laughs> traditionally representing those songs on on this record, mm. <clears throat> but. There's so much melody and um, subtlety from uh, 
in a lot of old stuff, British rock that I like to mess around with, like Donovan. I mean, it's just, it was a different time. Yeah. So there's like, it's a different mindset and a lot, there's lots of good stuff to pick. It's so weird that here we are and it's, I don't know, 50 years since that kind of rock. And we got classic rock radio and classic rock radio plays like what? 20 songs. Yeah. And that's it. And they, they, I swear to God, they play that Joe Walsh song one more time. I'm going to lose Dude, my mind. <laughs> I, I know. And, 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 you know, and Billy Joel, Brenda and Eddie, both yeah. going steady in the summer of 75. Oh, da, da. oh had, did, did you ever hear his first band before he became Billy Joel? Yes. Attila? That shit was crazy. Attila. Yeah. That was uh, one of those things like I had to find when I was crate digging in record stores. Nowadays, you can just get on YouTube and look it up in a second. But that was some like hidden knowledge back then. Uh, everybody not- tried the hard. Everybody tried the hard rock thing at one point. Yeah, you know what I mean, because it was the next big thing. And uh, you ever hear Bob Welsh's band uh, Paris? No. Bob Welsh. Bob Welsh was in Fleetwood Mac before Fleetwood Mac made it really big, mm-hmm. and he wrote these really sappy. He had a song called "Sentimental Lady" that was this beautiful ballad and it was on the radio, and and then he got the hard rock bug and he did a record with a band called Paris, and it sounds amazing it's a hard rock it's like you gotta hear it. a lot, I a lot of good stuff to look that up yeah i'm gonna listen yeah. to that right when we get off the, the, get the first one not the second one. second one's jazzy but the first one <laughs> okay uh, you gotta it, it was you gotta go jazz fusion at some point right you know everybody did back then i, I, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine if we did that today uh, some <laughs> bands do it like tame and Pala and those guys or yeah. uh, who's who's the band um from Australia that makes more records than anybody. Oh, King Gizzard and the Lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all over the place. They do too many records. But um, <laughs> it's like, enough, stop, you know? But they go into all that stuff. Look what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. New music, man. It's a, it's tough to get into new stuff these days. It's I, I just have a hard time, like, finding new bands, I, I guess, just because it's a, yeah. it's a different world. You know, you don't. there's not just a record store you can go to. And look on the wall at the new releases and be like, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. It's just, it's, it's so much. It's a total, total different thing. It's like, I'm looking for where it's going to break through. I mean, it's like, it's not going to break through like it ever did before because of structure. Right. Of, of, of our perception of music, our need for music. Uh, It may be different with you and me. I mean, we're different ages and stuff, but we're still kind of both on the side of, at least there were, yeah, you know, memories of the old structure. Yeah, definitely. Right now, if you're talking kids, you know, you know, 18 or 19 year old kid, he's got no need to express himself through someone else's music. Right. He can express himself or she can express himself with her own words. Basically, that's how kids express themselves. Yeah. I mean, they may wear their shirts and they may, you know, they have their list of, of they have their, their, here's my jams, but they don't put the kind of uh, faith that um, people from years past put in their music. Um, basically, the whole art of the 21st century is the art of yourself, which is uh, would be cool if everybody was cool, but they're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? You are like, so right. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, if everybody was really talented, it would be great. But guess what? More people suck than don't suck. <laughs> um, and it's, and because internet democracy, um, which is, you know, totally, I mean, what else could it be? It has to be. Um, this is the way it's going to go. Yeah. Um, 
if the people decide that they're going to want to invest in cool shit, whatever that would be, they have to define the criterion of, of what that cool shit is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's, uh, if it's like mumble rap and like whiny pop, well, the kids have spoken. Yep. They said, they came out and they said, we want this. Like, uh, um, women women singing like girls, dudes singing like little boys, over compressed vocals on samples. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I remember when, yeah, like, uh, like my parents heard me listening to Slayer. You know, and I just be like, y'all just don't get it. And like now I feel like that. I'm like, wow, I, I have I just do not get y'all. Like <laughs> it's, it's like Billie Eilish or something. Billie Eilish, you know, she's like the perfect example of the of the current modern entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, she totally she gets it. You know, it's like um just do just be as vulnerable as you possibly can at all times. Don't really make bust any big moves and whisper like you're whispering in someone's ear. And you're doing vocals now that you could never do in the past. Like you used to have to, in order to record, you had to sing louder. But now with with the great compression you have now, they can record whole hit songs of people just going like this and back yet. And you're like, all right, uh, at what point am I supposed to like get up out of my chair and raise my fist in the air and go, fuck yeah. And they're like, no, you're not supposed to do it. Uh-huh. The whole thing is that you just kind of live with it. Yeah. And they just put it on in the background while they're doing social media or something. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Music has definitely been relegated to yeah the background noise. Um, unfortunately, I still love rock records. Like there's, there's just not that many bands no. that, that are dedicated to it. I've talked, I've talked about this before, but it's the, uh, the motivation to do it is just going to kind of attract a different kind of person, uh, than it used to. Um, but I, I have faith. I, I, I like I'm, Europe. I mean, I go to Europe all the time. Europe's uh, my place. Cause yeah, there seems to be a, a, a heritage. Um, they're concerned with heritage in Europe. Um, and, uh, legacy. Um, they're not afraid of, or they don't turn their backs on people who want to change their mind throughout their career and change their music or still rock out. It's not really regulated to the oldies pile that it is over here. Yeah. You know, once you get to a certain thing over here in America, it's like, all right, oldies over here, young people over here. I go to Europe and play and, and we're constantly get more young people, like a, a steady infusion of, of young people at the show. So it hasn't totally aged out, which I thought it would have a long time ago. I mean, Monster Man has been around for like 30 years now. I can't believe that's it. crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy, but it's still, it's still alive. And the bands that come out of there, all right, there may be a lot of cookie cutter, cookie cutter, stoner rock and all that kind of stuff, but at least they're trying. Mm-hmm. It's the I, states that worries me. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a weird point for me, just because like I I've never experienced much, um, just like kind of uh, much more success in Europe than than we did in the states. With the states was always like just we had to just beat it down, you know, and uh, and it finally worked out for us way better than Europe. Where I swear every other rock band has like such a better experience in Europe. It's it's I think about it quite often. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine had a. I had a theory that um, just that in 
the the reason that rock works a lot better in Europe sometimes is just because they they're not competing with country music. There's really not like a huge <laughs> country music scene. Whereas in the states, it's either like hip hop, you know, pop or or country. That's the the, the big shit that that rock and roll yeah, is competing yeah. with. You know, they just don't have that in Europe. So there's no real competition. Yeah. No, but but they have their own country. They have like um, um, Schlager and stuff. They, yeah, they have their own goofy competition. They have Schlager music and stuff. I think it's more like there is rock. The tradition of rock and the history of rock is still very much respected. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of snark in Europe. You know, snark is a particularly American thing mm-hmm. where people were, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we make fun of a lot of stuff and you know, it, it, it happens, you know, it, it's going to happen. It is funny, but you don't see a lot of people like, Oh, well, that's not this again. They'll actually look into it. They don't have a lot of rock radio. Um, not that radio matters that much over here anymore, but yeah. they'll have it, it. Their press is different. They still have, uh, they still have, uh, lots of zines and lots of physical product. And they but still they have, have TV a lot. channels that play music videos and stuff too. That's still a, a huge thing over there. TV channels that play music videos. And the most important, they have a live culture that is still affordable. Yeah. And they have, um, they spend really, really a lot of attention on getting their venues right from small all the way up to large. Mm-hmm. Really, they can take care of their venues and stuff. So there's a word of mouth that happens over there, which is much like it used to happen here, all the way from the 70s into the 80s, 90s, where people will go and like actually talk about this stuff, and bands can go over there and actually work it. Mm-hmm. If they work it hard enough, you can get a like a word of mouth thing. Yeah. In the states, <clears throat> it's usually like it's all over when people start seeing your YouTube things before and they just decide not to go or whatever. I saw it on YouTube. I didn't go. Yeah. You know? And it's like, yep. well, that's not fair. I have experienced that. <laughs> sure. I think everybody has. It's like, what do you yeah. do? Like, what do you... I'm, I'm lucky because at one point um, I decided to kind of live in the fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. Like I'd been on a major label. And I wanted to get off the off it because this was like right after Napster, and you could see that the whole ship was sinking. You yeah, know? you could see what was happening. It's like once you start giving out shit for free, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, everybody's getting it for free, and it was like, uh oh, you know, yeah, sounds cool, um, sounds cool, yeah, and rock don't you know, but it's really not cool, um, and you can see that the record companies reacted to that horribly. You know, they, they just raised the prices on CDs and they just kind of like, turned their back. They, they should have embraced it from day one and just like, yeah, yeah I mean, it was, it was going to end anyway, you know what I mean? But they definitely missed the boat on that. And yeah. now I think they yeah. turned a lot of people, they turned a lot of people off, uh-huh. you know? And, uh, yeah. and uh, so at that point I remember saying to myself, it's, I got to get out of here, man. Um, like America's creeping me out. I don't know what's going to happen there. Everything has gone really, really, really quick from grunge nineties to kind of like wacky DJ music and, and uh, new metal. Mm -hmm. And I had no place in either of those things, you know? So I was like, I think I'm going to just kind of get off the major label, sign with a European one and just kind of, go over there for a long time kudos to monster and, magnet for never having an awkward new metal phase 
like every heavy metal band did in like yeah. 95 to 99 you know the, the brutality <laughs> oh. I, wonder, I don't know i want to hear you rap that might be <laughs> i could do it it would be ridiculous when I could do it. oh i heard your first one with the with uh neil fallon that was a great interview you did with him well, thank you yeah neil's uh, a yeah. uh he's a good old friend man I, I love that man so much he's an awesome you know he's an awesome lyricist that guy if uh that's the thing that like can some people may not like clutch's sound necessarily at first mm-hmm. or something but then like if you, if you just dig into the lyrics a little bit they're it's, it's hyper intelligent you know what I mean? And, uh, and very thought-provoking. Yeah. And just weird and just all over the place. I, oh, I yeah. I always wish he would just, like, sit sit down on a, on a stool with a microphone and an echoplex and just speak. I, How he, tripped out would that be? He probably would do that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, turn off all that noise. I just want to hear those words. Um, but, yeah, it's great. And I listened to the one we had Becky Cloonan on. Like, props to... Uh, Love Becky. Props to you for having a, a comic great. creator. Yeah, also. absolutely. Has she ever uh, done any art for you? Nope, I never. I can't remember. I bet she would. Uh, yeah, I'll send you some. Uh, I'll send you some numbers after this. <laughs> Get you some contacts. Uh, but Becky's great, man. She did um, Southern Cross. That was one of my new favorite books uh, by chance or by providence. Uh, she's um, yeah, she's mm. she's great. Here I am promoting my own show on my show. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. and she doesn't mince words, which I love. You know, she's not min- she's not mincing any words. Uh, I like it. Yeah, she's great. Good attitude. Oh man, so uh, yeah, that's uh, man. I, I I can't wait to hit the road again. I, I feel like it's like right on the cusp. Uh, are you thinking about any of that kind of stuff yet, or uh, are you just kind of late? Dude, I've been waiting. The- I've been waiting in line since the line started. Yeah. Like, I all I do is keep keep my space. All the bookings that I had. Uh-huh. Um, I keep, you know, going back to promoters going, my, my space is still there. Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the biggest problem is when it opens up again, everybody and their brothers want to want to play at the yep. same time. That and people are just the, the kind of person that used to go to like, you know, one show a week, you know, they might only have enough money to go to like one show a month. Like competition is going to be fierce. Uh, but, yeah. um, but if you're good enough, you're going to be okay. And, uh, yeah, it's the, the it's going to weed out a lot of like, small stuff but but i feel you know what man i feel terrible for like um just like the bands that were just about to explode like the new ones you know because there's so many uh, great bands out there um if if anybody needs some new music go check out rickshaw billy's burger patrol it's a weird name but it's a great yeah. band uh pink fuzz uh from boulder colorado they're great uh right. sun voyager so many bands were uh just right about to pop off and just yeah we're just kind of stopped dead in their tracks um i, I hope that that those bands can actually like you know make it through this and rise above because uh how do you know if a band's gonna pop off right now like how do you know you do, how do i know i uh, what i you know see it on I social media you, know, you see it on people talking about it or what that's all or, you know it's because it, social media is funny because it's all about perception you know and it's it's it, yeah a band can look huge <clears> online <throat> but then you look at the numbers and like no they're not doing any better than any other you know uh pub band that plays every Thursday down at BD Riley's or whatever, you know, but like, it's, um, it's all about, yeah, your image. Like you can't just be in a band anymore. You have to like be an actor and a video editor and like all this other stuff that like goes into it. You know? So it's, uh, it's weird. It's weird to, to, for, for a band weird. to pop off. And you can also, um, you can never, you can never predict where lightning's going to strike. 
you know, some bands are just going to get huge, boom, out of nowhere and just be there forever. Mm -hmm. And just like labels have been trying to predict that for years, you know, and uh, they just, you just can't do it. That's why, I, I, I don't know, some people like when a band gets big, they just they start shitting all over them for no reason. But I'm just, I'm so happy for anybody that achieves any level of success these days because it's fucking impossible. I mean, it yeah. was impossible before, but it's really, really difficult now. Yeah, and, uh, and even the old big manager structures, the management structures can't make stuff happen anymore. No way. You know? There's just Those no guys, way. You know? I mean, there's yeah, always going to be that like major label is going to have their $3 million marketing budget that they're going to throw at their pop star and that's just going to work like it's just you know whether it sinks or it's either going to be the biggest thing ever or it's going to fail so big that it's going to at least you're going to get a story out of it or something you know and and um yeah exactly there'll be know. some sort of echo about. i yeah. wish they try it with another rock band i can't remember the last rock band that was had worn a big label what was it like wolf mother um or Maybe. Uh, uh, i mean that was that even that was, was 15 years ago or were you guys on a major? We never signed to a major. Uh, we were no. we were on this little uh, label out of New York called Kamado that was not a metal label at all. We kind of wanted to distance ourselves uh, to in an attempt to not be pigeonholed as yeah. as just another stoner rock band, which didn't mm -hmm. really work. But that's fine. Um, you can't really you can't <laughs> per, uh, control people's perception of you. It's, no matter how much money you pay a PR company, this if people feel a certain way about you, they're just gonna feel that way oh, and no. you're, you're locked in it has nothing to do with anything it's, it's kind of a nightmare now because people like people are bred to read the brand yep they're bred i mean it, there's no time for people to and and a lot of listeners don't put in the time to realize the uh, uh subtleties of style yeah they will look i mean rock and roll always was a, you know i don't know how much percent but maybe 60% music at 40% look. Now it's, you know, as far as most people are concerned, they they look at something and, you know, you got long sideburns. It's like, stone her up. Yep. And it's like, shit, well, hold on a second. Nope, too late. You've been branded. Uh -huh. You know what I think is funny is the stoner rock bands that don't smoke weed. Like, they make this whole <laughs> sound... Uh, yeah. based, I don't know it's, it's not like it's a contest don't get me wrong it, it's just it's funny when like you just see this you know super stoner rock band and you go backstage I try to like hang out with them say what's up smoke a joint they're like oh I don't smoke <laughs> like, none of y'all smoke weed like how did like, what's appealing about this to you <laughs> you should try smoking it's, weed it's, and listening to your own band I have <laughs> you to might admit, really like I it I have to admit I don't smoke weed anymore because I just smoked so much in my life that now, I just, it just makes me totally paranoid. You, you did your time. It's okay. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely did my time. <laughs> it, it pisses me off so much as my old friend Weed. Like, why are you betraying me? Yeah. Why are you betraying me? But, yeah, I did I did all that stuff in the shit. 70s. Yeah. yeah was was drugs, um, for you personally, I, I guess, like, because, I mean, does no argument that monster magnet is definitely like kind of just drugs are like uh, associated with that I imagery and everything like that. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, were, were drugs themselves for you personally, like a part of the show experience or was it more of like a, no. after the show's done, the, that was your reward for a job well done. Kind yeah. Of thing. It, it was totally that. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, I tried it every, every way I could, you know, like I had a head full of monster magnet started cause I had a whole head full of recent memories of my teenagehood. Uh -huh. which was in the most 
probably the most drug cultured, at least seemingly drug cultured time in America, which was late sixties, early seventies. You know, I mean, my memories are all like in black light, you know, (laughs) that's what it was. Head shops, zap comics, Jethro tall albums, black light posters, who guys, the whole thing, the freaks, you know, total freaks. When I was a kid, that's who I grew up with. Those people. And those sets of records, and and I did it, you know, LSD and all that stuff. And so it was such an impression on me that by the time Monstermatic came around, which was years later after that, um, I was I was in a, another band before that called Shrapnel, which is like a power power punk band, CBGB's band. Um, but that wasn't my music. When I finally got to my own music, which is like in the mid '80s, all this memory of that came out. Mm-hmm. So I was just feeding off my memories of that time and writing about it and wrote Spine of God and Tab and all this stuff about that kind of culture. And it was that, that kind of culture was so unhit back then that it was great because it just pissed everybody off. Nobody liked it in my neighborhood. You know? They're like, who are these fucking hippies? You know, I just grew my hair again, you know, and grew like a, a devil beard and drove it around a black Camaro like, fuck you, you know, you know hippies, are, hippies are back. And it just pissed yeah. off all the punk rockers. But the actual drugs, no. Um, I was just going off my perception. And then I tried it. I was like, yeah, all right. Now I'm going to get high and write some songs. And they all sounded like the Grateful Dead. So I was, <laughs> I was like, too much noodling. Uh, so I went just, yeah, again, trying to create a psychedelic experience uh, from, from memory. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I did enough acid that I think if I sat down here and squeezed my appendix right, long yeah. enough, I'd probably start tripping again. Yeah, I feel, sometimes I feel that way too. Where I'm just like, <laughs> you can almost like meditate and go there uh, a little bit if you if you've done enough. Not sure. that anyone should, you know. It's like I said, it's not a contest. Drugs are fun, but uh, yeah. drugs are different than they used to be, man. Like, there's so much. Uh, um, like, if you buy some cocaine, you're not. Uh, I don't even think there's any cocaine in that bag, you know, or whatever. It's no, just, there's all kinds. Of, they've gotten very good at at creating synthetic, a lot of synthetic stuff that uh-huh. adds to it. It's yeah, not a very trustworthy time, I would no, imagine. No, not at all. So yeah. the twenty first century, twenty first century, I would imagine is an odd time to do a lot of psychedelics as well. There's just so <laughs> so much information, you know, so much information <laughs> in your head. Yeah, I haven't I done a wizard trip in a long time, and I, I just, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I might actually freak out. Uh, now, can you yeah, imagine sit, sitting in, sitting in the afternoon in your house, tripping your balls off, and watch some storm the Capitol? You would totally <laughs> freak out. <laughs> Holy shit! It's too much, you know? Oh, my God. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, for real. I don't even, ugh. What a world. Did you think it would be like this? No, um, you know, I thought that we were going to go into a long stretch of monetized mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we were going to, you know, uh, everything was going to be shined up and polished and somebody along the way would have like worked out some sort of financial system um, <clears throat> in the country, in the world to allow robotics and stuff to take over people's jobs, but the people would still be taken care of. I didn't realize, you know, in my dumb youth, I didn't realize that things like oil companies, corporations wouldn't give up holding on to their old ways of doing things. And they would squeak every last bit of work 
out of the populace, yeah. you know, because I mean, it was really designed. If you look, they're designed for computers and and robotics and stuff in the fifties and stuff. That was all designed for people to work less. Uh-huh. You know, that was the the goal was that in the future Americans will will work less three days a week or something. Robots and stuff will take care of most of the hard shit, and then we'll basically pay them to be. You know, we'll we'll basically keep the cost down. Not get rid of capitalism, but keep the costs down yeah. so they can live this better life. What happened, though, was, you know, capitalism just went unregulated and everybody started stealing them. And now we just fill with a bunch of scumbags. <laughs> just, you know, I probably, should, I probably shouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, I mean, politics is, uh, didn't change, actually change for the worse. And... Uh, money rules and fuck everybody else you know yeah. it's it's terrible and there's really no heroes around either on either sides of these things you that's know? very very true there's you know there's, there's no you know contrary to what you watch on what people watch on tv and what news station they watch everyone's pretty much in the same same boat mm-hmm. on on all the news stations which is promote conflict get the ratings and uh you know hope that everything works out it's not very uh you know it's gonna take a while yeah i think it'll, it'll work out okay but you know probably the best thing to do these days is to stay out of <clears throat> overt politics and just you know if you're gonna get into it you vote for your local guy yeah you make sure your local guy's cool and everybody makes sure their local guys are cool and those are the people that'll wind up in congress someday mm-hmm. because right now it's a freak show it's scary, man. Like, it's just, uh, I, I don't trust anybody in politics because, I mean, no matter what your, you shouldn't. your purest no, you intentions, shouldn't. you know, going into politics, even if you have the best intentions, like you just, the game just corrupts you and it's just, it's, you can't win unless you're a complete fucking scumbag. And so it turns people and, uh, it's just, I try to stay out of it. Um, but yeah, focusing on, on your local, uh, representatives that's and that's the only way i could where to start and it's easy to do you know it's, I mean, it's not hard you know that's pretty easy and um you know it's weird america is one of those places where it's the only place in the world that allowed generations of people just basically to fuck off i mean where else what other country in the world could i like a high school dropout form a drug rock band stick both middle fingers up in the air and sing about like having sex with planets for 30 years without having a day job. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, I think I'm going to write a song that sounds like Hawkwind and get it on the radio. I mean, that's impossible. I never could have done it, but the country asked every once in a while to pay attention and nobody did this yeah. time. Yeah. And that's how we got that. That's where you got the whole Trump thing, like lunatic, you know, Hey, let's, Let's just get a lunatic in there. Yeah. Let's see what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, everybody will learn a lesson and get back to and get back to business. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. I I, I just uh I just want to tour so bad. I could, the the first show I get to play, I'm probably just gonna cry. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna like Only me too, just weep on stage yeah. just for five minutes. You're like, thank you, thank I, you all so much. <laughs> I, spent, I spent so much time, so much time on the road, um, in my life that is seen a lot of times that seems like that's more my normal life than being home. Yeah, is, me too. It's just, you know? I feel at home when my body is moving forward at about 80 miles an hour, like that's when I actually yeah. feel what is like it about that? Something, that you know? 
it affects your consciousness. Uh-huh. It actually tweaks it to a higher level, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I notice my decision-making is better. My comprehension is better. Um, uh, my capacity I, I for, like, work. Like, I just, like, I can do more physically when if I'm, like, trapped in a van for eight hours or whatever, you know, and just get out, and I just want to, like devour the world you know um yeah exactly you explode out you shoot out of the van uh-huh. after like conserving energy for that yeah yeah well man thanks so much for coming on i was great talking to you uh, i cannot wait to see you all again um it's just uh it's a damn pleasure you're one of my heroes so uh just thanks oh, for thanks st- for having thanks me for on sticking man. in there for as long as you have yeah. because i fucking love monster magnet and uh don't quit for any reason please <laughs> no, you know, i've been, uh, I've been doing, it, doing it for so long i love music yep you know music is the one thing that never lets you down it's very true and uh i don't think i i don't see it changing anytime soon speaking of music do you want to play a play a track i don't know if you have anything new that you can play off the covers record but would you like to play a monster magnet song for everybody we could do the donovan cover if you want give people oh uh, that's true sure play that that's fine to, uh you know uh, it's only like 11 minutes long right? <laughs> hey it's my it's like 11 minutes i can long. do whatever i want yeah, all right to play that yeah yeah you got it man uh awesome thanks so much dude. no problem kyle all right you take care bud take care man. Bye. Shining ocean 
Tuning into the highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at the Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out. 